0: welcome to the awakened health coach podcast i'm storm a health coach and energy healer bringing you a holistic approach to health and happiness i am here to help you find the happiness that you have been seeking and begin manifesting your healthiest wealthiest and happiest life This podcast is for you if you're hungry for more, for better. If you want to grow, evolve into your best self and step up into your power, then you are in the right place, sister. I'm here to help you live your best life by creating a healthy body, mind and soul, because I believe that you can't be happy if you're not healthy or healthy if you're not happy. Life gets to be as amazing as you wish it to be. So let's make it so. Tune in each week to be inspired, motivated, and learn how you too can storm your way to better health, wealth, and happiness. Hey, beautiful soul! Welcome back to the Awakened Health Pod, the Awakened Health Coach Podcast. Oh, we're off to a cracking start this morning, aren't we? Um, anyway, <laughs> let's actually get into the episode, shall we? So. Um, just a little rundown before we do. This episode is an interview that I did with Madison Don't, and Madison is amazing at what she does she knows her shit and you are going to learn a lot in this episode so if you can take notes like seriously get your phone out get your notes out get a pen and paper out um and if you want to learn a thing or two about the pill about understanding your cycle as a woman about your hormones about stress then this information is genuinely life-changing And I say that as someone who has changed my life through understanding this. And I'm just pulling that out of my ass. I'm not just saying that to, to sound good. Like genuinely, I have changed my life through my stress, through how I feel within myself, through my skin, through my gut health, through lots of ways, through the information and the topics and what we talk about today and, you know, what I interview medicine on. So I would really take it seriously and think about what actions are going to be different of yours moving forward um so yeah basically if you feel like you're really struggling in some ways with acne maybe it's your skin um you know if you're having some breakouts or having cystic acne or you just know that it's not you know where it could be or it's not as good as it could be or maybe you're coming off of the pill um and or maybe you're having the thoughts of coming off of the pill maybe you just want to understand your body and your health better um and if so then you will love this episode and share this if there's anyone who you think would benefit from it if you have any friends who maybe are in a similar situation or you know anyone who you think could really benefit from understanding their hormones and their health and the effects of stress in particular better then please share this episode because more people more women need to understand this and one thing that I actually want you to be mindful of as you go into this too listening is like the difference between females and males, and understanding that they're not just hairy women and that we're not just less hairy men. We are different species in many ways, but it's particularly with hormones. And so, I just know for me that as someone who is prone to putting a lot of pressure on myself, you know, at least that's who i used to be um, and it is you know it's my go-to in some ways but i'm a lot better but that is the background that i come from and someone who's a workaholic someone who's quite go 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 and a recovering perfectionist it doesn't help when you put yourself in the same boxes as a man as a as a man as a man and as a male so i want you to really actually just be mindful of the ways in which you are different and how you can move forward taking that pressure off of yourself and actually understanding the differences between you and the men in your life or even just um understanding the effects of the patriarchy and how like our world is kind of built around still the effects of the patriarchy and how we are expected to get up each day and go to work go to school and do the things and you know live that sort of life and the hustle and the go 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 But it's time to stop glorifying that and it's time to kind of take back our power as women and return to our essence and return to understanding our seasons and our cycles and actually flowing with it and learning how to be more intuitive and in tune with ourselves. So if you're excited for that, then I can't wait to bring you this episode. And if you want to continue to learn about, you know, connecting with yourself, being intuitive with your body, listening to it, taking care of your health holistically, taking care of your energy, raising your vibration, really glowing up from the inside out, then you know where to find me if you want to reach out and have a chat about working with me. So that's my Instagram and my website, link is in the show notes. I offer energy healings um, and And readings and sessions that you can just book in where we do coaching work and I also help to you know unlock your chakras raise your vibrations or I have mentorships available as well currently have one spot in She Awakened which is a six-month mentorship total life transformation all about awakening your inner magic stepping up into your power and creating the life that you most want for yourself or I have Who Is She which is my three-month mentorship all about glowing up and you know, putting your happiness first, letting go of the shit, the drama, and really focusing on yourself, really focusing on your happiness, on evolving. So if that is calling to you or if you're interested, then reach out or go and get some more information, do something about it. I would love to chat. And yeah, go enjoy this episode. If you have any questions from it, don't feel um, like you can't don't feel, I don't know what I'm saying. (laughs) If you have any questions, please just reach out to myself or Madison. We are always here. I would love to answer any questions or simply chat about it. If you learned anything new, feel free to pop it um, on your Instagram story and share it. Anyway, enjoy this episode, beautiful. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast and I'm so excited to bring you an epic conversation that I already know is going to be amazing. I have um, women's health expert Madison on today and Mads, can I call you Mads? Yeah, <laughs> yeah okay. <of> <laughs> Mads is um, so passionate about empowering women through education. So really passionate about bringing you like that scientific and understanding of hormones of health, but from a relatable and holistic way, which obviously... I'm all about that, that more natural um, you, you know, viewpoint and approach to it. So welcome to the show, Madison. So excited to have you here. Thank you
1: so much for having me. Yeah, I'm really excited to chat about. I'm always up for a hormone chat. So. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I was just laughing. My voice is like, I feel like I have a frog in my throat. <laughs> We were just talking before we got on. My voice started to be like, oh, so excuse that. Um. Anyway, <laughs> anyway. So um, for the girls listening who don't know who you are, can you please just give us a rundown on who are you? What do you do? And yeah, what's your background? What's your story or anything else you want to share?
1: Yeah, of course. So, um, yeah, my name is Madison Don't. Um, I am now a holistic hormone coach. So um, I have behind me a Bachelor of Science. Um, Also, I used to be a high school science and math teacher, which we'll come back to in a second, but that's a very strong part of my why, what I do today. Um, And then I um, got a nutrition coordinator. certification. And then now I'm um, also a soon to be naturopath. So um, hopefully so that'll much be
0: training. finished <laughs> up pretty
1: soon. Um, but yeah, I think I just, um, I need to stop studying. I'm so <laughs> over the assignments, but it's like the grass is greener on the other side. Like yeah. when I'm not studying, I'm like shiny object syndrome and just want to learn yes. everything. So, yeah. Um, yeah. But at the moment I um, am working with women, particularly on their hormones, which is a very broad, um, scope of things because there are a lot of things that affect our hormones um, and I guess yeah that's that's pretty much me in a nutshell <laughs> yeah
0: cool thanks for sharing and I was just laughing because literally I'm like I think that qualification that qualification that qualification like you clearly love <laughs> yeah. to learn and I get that but I feel like the comes up you me like okay I'm just gonna use what I've got you now and just do the thing yeah um, and so. one question that I always ask my guests coming on is What is one thing that you're currently focusing on to be your highest and best self in life at the moment that you can share?
1: I love this question. Um, I would have to say that I have on the top of my bathroom mirror a quote that's like, don't think, just do. Um, Because I think, like, I am definitely a sucker for procrastination um, in terms of perfectionism oh, yeah. and just like mm-hmm. overthinking everything being like why am I doing this am I doing it with intent is it going to get me the results rather than just kind of like being and doing the thing and then mm-hmm. seeing what happens mm-hmm. um I try and like preemptively do it so that I don't have to like waste my time yeah um if it's not going to be worth it but I think um in life you just kind of have to take messy action and so I'm just trying to focus on that and just trying to Get through my work day without stopping
0: to overthink everything, yeah. like all the tasks mm-hmm. that I'm doing. I love that. That's awesome. Um, I think affirmations in your mirror are so good. And I mean, I'm a recovering perfectionist myself when I say that all the time. So I can relate. <laughs> and I think that it's so important. Hey, like life's about experiencing, not figuring it out. I used to get so stuck in figuring it all out. And that's not life. <laughs> Sometimes you just have to. Yeah, I love to, that quote. To journey through it. Um, So yeah, like I said today, what I really want to cover and that I'd love to just pick your brain and just share experiences around is understanding hormones for one, because I know I'm really passionate about this because in school, (laughs) there's just no education, at least not from my viewpoint and my experience or people, anyone I know. Um, And when I started to first learn about it, it was so empowering to actually understand my body, to understand my cycle, to understand my hormones. Like, it was like a light bulb went off and I was like, this makes sense. And like, it takes that pressure off of yourself in, in so many ways to be like, I'm not broken. I'm not being silly right now or whatever. Like, this is how being a woman is supposed to be. Um. So yeah, going into that, the pill, acne, because you and I have both had our own acne struggles. Um, and obviously that's also... Like confidence and self-esteem really comes into that doesn't it um I don't know about you but like that was a big part of my journey so this is just gonna be a yeah free-flowing seeing what comes up sort of chat but I'd love if you could just go into like your like your story a little bit more in terms of you know I guess the struggles and the pain points that you've had and that the experiences that have led you to here to knowing what you do to having the the health and the hormones that you do now and that passion for it.
1: Yeah, of course. Um, I was actually quite lucky in that um, when I struggled with severe cystic acne, I, well, I don't know if this is lucky, but I was an adult, so I never had, like, struggled with acne through puberty, Mm -hmm. Um, and a lot of my friends did, so I kind of felt like I escaped it there, but it did come back to haunt me later Mm -hmm. in life. but, yeah, I I really agree with you when you say that there's not enough taught in school, and that's part of my why as well. Like, being a science and math high school teacher, I've seen firsthand what, like, girls are taught and what they're not taught. And I've even um, had to teach some of the, um, well, some of like the schools that I've been in, they haven't really even had a proper um, sexual education program. Mm. I know when I went through school, they did, but all they taught you how to do was like how to put a condom on yeah, a banana. All about and, the male, mm. yeah, mm. and also like what STDs look like. It's like they were just trying to scare you. Yeah, um, totally. And so, uh, what did you
0: say? Sorry, totally. It is. It's all like fear, and you can get pregnant all the time. Don't get pregnant, which is total yeah. myth, right?
1: Yeah, hundred <sighs> um, percent. So I just, and then also, like, having taught it myself, sure, I taught it as part of, like, high school biology. um, But even then, like, the system at the moment, it just jams high school kids with so much information, like, especially since we've done the change away from OP, Mm -hmm. in Queensland at least anyway. um, I've seen just the change where, like, they're just jammed with so much information that when you do learn sex ed, you learn it... From a biology point of view, which is good, and I do teach it from that point of view as well, but it's kind of more of just a a thing you need to know. It goes in one ear, you do the exam, and it goes out the other ear. It's not really taught from a place of really understanding yourself and your body and your health. Empowerment. Um, So, yeah, exactly, that empowerment. And girls, I feel like, would still go through that biology class and just, like, not have had the space to really hold on to that information. So that's kind of a huge why of what I do now because I think that like education and knowledge is really power and we it's really difficult to be an advocate for our own health if we don't know what's going on with our bodies in the first place so Mm -hmm. I think that's where I kind of bring um, the education into it but the real like kicker for me that got me like from being a um, high school science and math teacher to now being a holistic hormone coach is that I did start to struggle with my hormones and acne myself. And so I was put on the pill um, when I got my first boyfriend at 17, just like most people are put on the pill when they're a teenager. Um, And I didn't really question it. It just kind of was the thing that you do. And then when I was around 21, I started to struggle with my skin. Um, And, yeah, I hadn't really struggled with my skin before. And it was just like little breakouts here and there because I was still on the pill, um, maybe like one big sister month or something um and then I did the whole swapping of the pills to get the one that's better for your skin and all that mess and yeah um yeah it just kind of got Overwhelming, and my skin over time was getting worse, not better. So then you jump onto the antibiotics and you're on doxycycline mm-hmm. for what, like, I was on it almost two years. Like, that is yes. just not wow. good for your gut health whatsoever or for your immunity. So it was kind of all of that mess. And then also, I had a lot of my family members um, getting sick for other reasons. And so that's when I kind of used my science degree to dive into rather than googling our symptoms yeah. <laughs> well, I actually dove into the scientific journal articles and looked at okay what is actually worth doing? What's the evidence? Um, where do we go from here? And fortunately, I was able to find answers pretty quickly, um, and that's kind of why I started up my YouTube channel because I couldn't really sit on the answers and keep them all to myself.
0: Yeah, yeah, beautiful. Thanks for sharing all of that. I actually have a frog in my throat. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <Ugh. That's okay. laughs> it's like phlegm in my throat. Um, yeah, I love that, and thank you for sharing all of that. And I love how, like, I just think it helps, and I, I think it gives hope. Um, that, you know, what was birthed for you, I mean, your passion for work, right, like, such a big part of your life, and you having the healthy results you do now came from struggles, right, like, and it's hard sometimes when you're in the middle of that, and for anyone listening who's in the middle of maybe really irregular cycles, or painful cycles, or acne, like, just keep going, like, I know it sucks, and I know it's hard, but it will all work out okay, and, you know, you have the tools, the resources to get through it, but there comes a the point where you just have to use them, right? Like you had all that information available once you looked for it, once you were resourceful. Um, so let's talk about the pill. I love talking about the pill because I'm like, let's fucking wake the world up and <laughs> take back control over our health. Um, what is your, I guess, just viewpoint of the pill?
1: Um, It's pretty... Black and white, if we're looking at my viewpoint on the, of the pill around contraception, I reckon it's a great form of contraception. Yeah. Like yeah. It's so easy, you know, it's pretty effective. Um, very effective if, with perfect use, but you know, not many of us are perfect, no. but it's like very easy to use, um, and it works for contraception. If we're looking at women's health, really don't like the pill. Yeah. <laughs> it's <was> strongly like <laughs> if you like if you can get the hell away from the pill. Um if you don't, like, start taking the pill in the first place, then that's ideal because then it's not going to mess up mm. your hormones. And it really – it just really breaks my heart when girls as young as, like, 13 or 14 are put on the pill because they're having irregular periods. It's like you're going through puberty. Your body's trying to figure itself out. You're meant to have irregular periods. Like, yeah. I think um, – as well, like just going back on what you were saying, where you were just saying, like, keep powering through, like everything will get better is that our bodies are literally designed to heal themselves and to balance out into that homeostasis. So, um, it's like, if you get a paper cut, your body just, it just heals it. It knows what to do. It knows how to restore itself. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think like, rather than, when we experience symptoms slapping it is that band-aid approach isn't it the pill um actually explore like why are you experiencing these things Mm -hmm. um and approach it from the root cause Mm -hmm. um, rather than just kind of and I know that when I mean firsthand you and I both know when you're struggling so bad with acne you just want to get you get often yeah if you Mm -hmm. get offered a pill to fix all your problems you're just like oh please yeah
0: but it yeah. doesn't actually fix it. That's the whole point. And that's what we want to bring that no. to, right? Like you said, it is, it's, you get to choose if you use Band-Aids in life, but you have to realize it's a Band-Aid. Like I didn't realize the pill was a Band-Aid and I was 13 100%. when I was put on the pill by my yeah. doctor, I was 13, which is so young. Like I wasn't even remotely like a woman yet. And that part of me was suppressed because yeah. the pill does, it does, it, it suppresses and it puts that Band-Aid on. And, um... I think it's so important that you realize, like, it's masking it all. It doesn't fix it. Same with having taking Panadol, right? Like, taking Panadol doesn't fix your problems. It actually just numbs the pain. It just means that you can't feel it. You can't see it. But it's still there. And the pill, if you're using it for, like, not for contraception, but for, like, acne or a regular cycle or whatever, the reason that that's there, that you have that, that symptom is it's underlying and it's still there and I experienced that when I went off of the pill so I was on it for five years when I went off of it um like my acne like I was prepared sort of like I was like okay I know it's not gonna be great I can do it I'm a strong independent woman I can have the acne it's fine but like it surprised me how strongly it came back when I went off and it was probably six six months after coming off that the worst of it like I was like, oh yeah. yeah, this is not too bad, not too bad. And then like as time kept going, I was like, oh no, it's getting worse. It's not getting better. It's getting worse. Um, but again, it just like literally helped me see it's a band-aid.
1: And a lot of that would have been because you were put on it at such a young age, mm. your body had never really had consistent cycles. No, you so didn't it know hadn't how to actually it. figured mm. itself out. I mean, if a woman I mean, at least in my case, uh, and yeah, yeah, I still struggle when I went off the pill, but at least in my case, by seventeen, I um you know, I had, had, had quite a few cycles. Yeah. So my body was kind of regulating itself. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, so when I went off of it, it's like, basically, when you go off the pill, it takes you back to before yeah. you went on it. Yeah. Um, and so if you were 13, it's taking you back to your prepubescent. Literally,
0: self. I was 18 with like a 13 year olds hormonal, you know, cycle abilities. Um and can you explain that? Like I understand it and I I this was like light bulb moment for me when I realized what the pill actually does. Like can you explain how it shuts down um the hormonal functioning and and the you know like the the communication between the, the brain and the ovaries?
1: Yeah, definitely. So um basically what the pill does is well to understand this first a brief overcap of the menstrual cycle is that, um, do you want me to go through that first? Yeah, yeah. And then I can, yeah, exactly. I can that like, would link it. how the that would shuts it down. Totally. <laughs> um, <laughs> so the menstrual cycle, basically, we have, um, let's say, four phases. Um, we only really have, like, the two longer phases. So you have, like, the follicular um, phase is, okay, let's start from day one. Day mm-hmm. one is day one of your period. So day one of your cycles, day one of your period. A lot of people think that the period is at the end of the cycle, but when we're counting the cycle, it's actually at the start. So um, then your period may go for between five to seven days-ish. And then after that, your follicular phase starts. And so basically, the reason it's called the follicular phase is literally because a follicle is forming in your ovary that is developing the egg. Um, and then what happens is that around ovulation, so this is in the middle of your cycle, say that you have a 28 day cycle and you don't, not everyone has a perfect 28 day cycle. You can have regular 30 day cycles or whatever. It doesn't have to be 28 days for you to be healthy, but let's just say that it's 28 days. Um, then ovulation happens around about day 14 and that will, there's a series of hormones that need to spike before the day of ovulation and basically that spike stimulates the release of the egg out of the ovaries down the fallopian tube
0: progesterone
1: um um progesterone comes later later so the spike is more so um luteinizing hormone Mm -hmm. so you can actually if you're looking to get pregnant um there's these like things called luteinizing or lh strips yeah so that's luteinizing hormone they test how much um yeah, you have, and, you know, when you're spiking and that thing. And also um, estrogen is really important as well. It mm-hmm. peaks before ovulation too. So your body needs all of those signs in order to release that egg. If it doesn't have those signs, then it won't release that egg. Um, and also in the case of, like, different hormonal conditions, that spike can be obviously too low or it can be too high. And if it is too high, your body will still go hold on, that doesn't look right. We're not going to release this egg. Um, because, I mean, like you've put a lot of energy, you don't know this, but mm. your body has put a lot of energy into developing that egg. It doesn't just want to waste it if it's not going to have a high chance of, yeah. you know, being successful. So um, then what happens is obviously ovulation. So the egg is released from the ovaries. And then after that, your luteal phase starts. So the luteal phase, basically you can only get pregnant um you're not you're fertile for longer than this, but you can only like get pregnant for 24 hours after the egg is released. Um, and so, if your egg is fertilized, then it will you know implant itself into the um, the uterine lining, and then it will a pregnancy will happen. Um, if the egg is not fertilized, then your body will realize this through hormonal changes um, and also the absence of you know the implantation into the uterus and then after the 14 days of the luteal phase um, all of your hormones will drop it's saying okay, this is a boring party. The sperm didn't rock up. <laughs> <laughs> so, I love my analogy. Yeah, I
0: said that one more, oh, I think You, you should. Yeah, that was good.
1: <laughs> um, you know, they're like, where are all the men? And so all of the hormones jump <laughs> yeah, off, that's funny. and then the period starts and mm. the cycle starts again. So yeah. um, to answer your question about how um, the pill stops ovulation, is that rather than having all of these hormone fluctuations that control the actions of, like, you know, the follicle and the ovaries and um, the uterus and all that, you take a synthetic set amount of hormone every single day and so there's no fluctuation. It's just, like, a maintenance of either you're maintaining estrogen or you're – and mind you, it's not estrogen. It's a synthetic form mm. of estrogen that mm. just looks like it. Mm-hmm. Um it's not as good because yeah. natural's is always yeah. better. Yeah. And, or there's like a different pill that's like estrogen and the um, progesterone synthetic equivalent um, that's just maintained. So without those spikes, you're not ovulating. And then the way, like the, the bleed on the pill isn't actually a true period. It's mm. what's called a withdrawal bleed. Um, it was designed back when the pill was designed to give the um, idea that a woman was still having a period and that things were still – going because back when the pill was invented um, there weren't many women's rights so it was actually um, frowned upon contraception so that's kind of how they um, passed it under the radar is that they said well look this woman is still having a cycle she's still getting a period um, but it isn't really a period it's just the withdrawal bleed from the withdrawal of the synthetic Mm -hmm. hormones so yeah that's why you take the sugar pills and if you don't take the sugar pills then you just keep on that's why also doctors say that you can skip the sugar pills because it's just a withdrawal bleed you know it's not like a period
0: Mm -hmm. yeah yeah which means that and like how crazy is that to think about that the entire time you're on your on the pill so for me five years I did not have a period and your body is designed to have that cycle to have that bleed to have that letting go like it's so unnatural like unnatural it, it blew my yeah. mind and and is it true that like you cuz your body kind of is tricked into thinking that it's always pregnant while it's on the pill is that true
1: um it's i mean it would depend on what hormones were in the pill that you were mm-hmm. taking mm-hmm. in order for your body to truly believe it's pregnant it needs to have high levels of progesterone yeah okay so just based off that logic if you were on the pill and you were on the estrogen-only pill,
0: yeah, then, like, no, but technically
1: not really, but yeah. I've definitely heard that before. Mm-hmm. I guess if you were on the estrogen and progesterone pill, then maybe that one mm-hmm. is more similar to, a, like, the hormones that you would experience if you were pregnant. But, yeah, progesterone is the pregnancy hormone. Yeah,
0: yeah. And it's just it's just blowing. And then there's no communication, right? Like, I remember hearing an, an analogy yeah. that was, like, you know, a normal, healthy, functioning, like, body and hormonal system is, it's, like, a highway of, so, like, there's this car that's going back and forth and, like, communication between your brain and your ovaries. But when you're in the pill, it literally becomes, like, a dirt road where there's, like, one lonely car, maybe, like, not really any traffic. So when you come off of the pill and you, if you're trying to have a baby or just literally trying to be a normal, healthy, functioning female, there's, like, you have to learn to take that from a dirt road to a highway again and that's hard because it takes time and it takes like learning how to get that communication going again, because it literally like just shuts off all, all of that talking and communicating.
1: And that's why like women need to be prepared to have post pill symptoms as well, Mm. because it's like, you need to give your body self-compassion. You can't expect to just go off the pill and it just know what it's doing, especially if your body has never really known what it's doing Mm. because you started taking it so young. Um, And I mean, some women are lucky and it, It's very individual, like some bodies can just pick it up quicker than others, Mm -hmm. Um, but obviously there are a lot of factors that uh, contribute to that as well. But yeah, you're exactly right. Like you need to actually, uh, you can't just expect Rome to be built in one day or the highway to be like up and running the next day. It's like, no, you need to craft that again.
0: Yeah. And I think that it is, like you said, it's compassion for yourself because your body is doing the best that it can with the circumstances yeah. you give it. If you fed it that pill, which not to blame yourself or feel guilty, especially if Absolutely you have no not. idea, but yeah. you have to like have that level of my body is doing the best it can. You know what? I, maybe I do hate this acne. Maybe Maybe I do get frustrated by my cycle right now, by my period. But you know what? Like, hating it only makes it worse. So what if I had a level of just, like, taking a breath and understanding that my body is doing the best that it can? And I love what you said. Like, it's so true. Your body wants to heal. Help it heal. What can you do to help it heal instead of making it harder for it to heal? Do you have um, any, like, advice for anyone I just feel like there's probably going to be listeners who are on the pill who have that inkling of going off of it, but they're scared. I knew I was there. I started to hear it. Hear that yeah. My intuition was like, get off the pill, get off the pill. And I was like, no, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to do it. Um, so do you have any advice for anyone in that, in that sort of boat?
1: Yeah, so um, <clears throat> now I have the frog in my throat. <laughs> um, I think, like, you just have to support your body. Obviously, there's, like like particular hmm, there's not like necessarily one particular food that you need to like eat or anything like that but you do need to be able to just support your body in its healing processes and to do that you need to be you know nourishing it with the right foods you need to be managing your stress which is so so important and often underlooked Um, you need to be making sure that you're doing exercise that is in support of mm. healing and recovery not exercise that's in support of putting stress on your body um the supplements are only like one small part of it um you can't just take like it's just that magic pill yeah, thing again totally. like you can't just take like hormonal supplements and then not do anything else and not check into your diet and death like not do the stress management which is again so important we'll come the back to stress we'll go into it don't yeah. do yeah 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 Um, but yeah, so it's just like, it's a whole, that's why like, I'm not just a hormone coach coach. I'm a holistic hormone coach. Like in order for it to be long term, long term success, you really have to tackle it from every angle. Um, but yeah, also I've had a lot of questions about like supplements, um, and whether it's worth starting to take like hormonal supplements such as like Vitex and stuff before you go off the pill Mm -hmm. and kind of in like a run-up um and no there's no point like taking supplements to balance your hormones when you're getting a set like amount of synthetic hormones every day anyway like that's just a waste of supplement yeah um also another thing I did when I went off the pill is I um got acupuncture every week for six weeks um and I feel like that really helped as well
0: yeah amazing um and i think for me like the biggest thing was nutrients because the pill literally depletes Mm. your nutrients so try as much as you can to get in fruit the veggies the micro the macronutrients and just just whole foods right like don't overcomplicate it just try and listen to yourself and actually give yourself nourishment and fuel not just food and not just doing things because you have to um what are some signs of hormonal imbalances past just talking about the pill now but like things that the girls listening might be able to relate to that they're experiencing that they maybe didn't yeah. even realise was something like they just took it as normal, but you help you realize it doesn't actually have to be normal and it gets to be better.
1: Yeah, I think um like obviously the number one is um irregular periods. So if your period is jumping all over the place, if you're having like two um, periods per cycle or like, you know, really, really short cycles. I had a few women tell me that they get like, um, a period and then halfway through their cycle, they'll get like another bleed. Mm-hmm. Um, so just little things like that, um, that if you're, you know, a healthy or your hormones are balanced, that shouldn't really happen. Um, also pain, we do, our uterus does cramp, um, in order to, you know, release the lining and shed, But it shouldn't be painful and I know that there's a big spectrum of pain, you know, and that's why it's really hard to know what's in, you know, parentheses, like, um, normal and what's not. But, like, if you are in excruciating pain to the point where you need to have a day off work, um, then you really need to go see a doctor and look into that. Um, There's even, like, yeah, I just I just know women that are just in like the worst pain, like so debilitating for the first couple of days in the of the period. And like obviously you can't just like diagnose something off of that alone, but that like alarm bells go off for me in the back of my head, thinking I would look into possibility of endometriosis. Mm. And that as well as PCOS, there like there's a lot of conditions that go undiagnosed, but those two are very, very commonly undiagnosed because women just, like you said, go, oh, this must be normal.
0: Yeah, think it's normal, cop it. Oh, I just got to toughen <clears throat> up, especially in the workplace yeah. because we compare ourselves to men who do not even remotely have the same hormonal cycle as us. They have like a daily yeah. cycle compared to monthly. And, yeah, yeah it's, it's valid. If you are experiencing pain, you don't have to just take it as normal. It gets to be better and you get to work on it. And yeah but it, yeah. even
1: like little things is like if you're struggling with losing weight it might not necessarily be like um something to do with directly estrogen progesterone t- testosterone it could even be like in an insulin mm-hmm. resistance like insulin is a hormone too um mostly around metabolism and the digestive system um even things like if you are really fatigued and really struggle to function um then perhaps your thyroid hormone is not performing as it should like i think when we think hormones, we usually just think of those in the reproductive yeah. system, but yeah. the endocrine is like a huge system with so like multiple different organs throughout the body. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's kind of like that big picture approach and why it is important to address it all together.
0: Totally. Um, and just going back to the cycle for a second. One thing that I like, I love to see the the, the monthly cycle in terms of seasons, just that's how I relate to it a little bit better. And like when I first learned about it in that way, I found it, I really clicked with it. So, like um, seeing them as literally like as winter and then autumn, is it autumn next? Yeah. <laughs> autumn, summer, and spring. So that you can understand. I feel like there's a level of connecting with it. Like when you're in your period, for example, seeing that as winter, it's a time when you naturally want to slow down more, when you want to rest a little bit more, recharge. You're not going to want to necessarily go to the gym and smash out hard workouts and push yourself. It's a time to actually slow down and your body will literally try and get you to slow down and it's your job to listen and be like, oh, I'm more tired. There's nothing wrong with me. I don't need to push myself. I'm not broken. I don't need to feel guilty. Like This is actually okay and this is normal and this is a part of being a woman who's menstruating or who's just, yeah. you know, having, having a cycle. So, um, and then, but then understanding like when you're ovulating that you do have more energy and you're a bit of that like peacock, like with the tail feathers out, like, yeah, I'm strutting my stuff and I feel sexy and I feel good. And that's when you want to go out and you want to talk to people and you want to do those things and actually understanding like, Hey, I have seasons. I have seasons in life, the weather, like the nature has seasons. Every single month I have seasons as well. And, honoring your season I think that women put so much pressure on themselves to be on top of their shit to be doing all of the things to be perfect all the time but when I first well over the the process of me learning about hormones and the cycle like it was literally like taking a weight off of my shoulders of being like oh how I feel is valid it's normal it's okay I get to actually take a breath and honor that and start making it worse for myself.
1: A hundred percent. And that's like not even just like a time thing. Like that is chemically those differences are, are chemical. Like they're mm. down to the hormone level. Like that estrogen, um, the way the reason why it peaks, um, I guess in your spring or like just after your period after that winter season is because biologically it's a bit like <laughs> like I don't know, forward to say, but like we or not even were just blunt to say that our whole purpose of living is to make babies yeah literally (laughs) like that's just biology so um when we finish our period our estrogen starts to you know increase and the point of that then is to help us to get the confidence and you know to go out and find a mate so Mm -hmm. that when it comes to ovulation we are strutting our stuff we are feeling our absolute peak and we're ready to get pregnant literally yeah it's like yeah that those seasons they are not necessarily just in our head or they're not as a result of like just you know, the PMS that we feel and it's like, oh, time to relax. It's like, no, actually it's the hormonal fluctuations in your body. So Mm. sometimes when women are on the pill, because they don't have those fluctuations, they may not actually feel the up and down. Um, But even just like sex drive alone, that's why, again, like sex drive can be something that's affected while on the pill as well, because you don't have those fluctuations. But when you do have those fluctuations, your sex drive is significantly higher the week after your period than it is the week before your period Mm -hmm. because that's when you're most fertile, Um, which if you're, you know, trying to use contraception and you're not really keen for a baby, then it's a bit frustrating that you are, like, your sex drive is the highest when you're the most fertile. Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, Yeah, and
1: then when you, like, can't get pregnant you just, like, don't want it and you're like, oh, okay, this is (laughs) inconvenient. Um, Yeah. But yeah, like
0: that, it's all all comes down to hormones and the chemicals that run through our body. Mm, definitely, um, and exercise I think is important to understand in this way too because exercise is stress, right? And like leading yeah. into stress, which we definitely need to chat about. But I had to completely change how I was working out when I started, when when I was getting into really understanding this cycle, the effects of stress on your hormones and on your body. Because I, my old, I guess, like exercise routine would be the same week to week, every week was the same. It was, you know, doing hit like two to three times, like three was pretty, pretty consistent when I was really like, I was super focused on being lean and just being really fit. I was just, I had no reason other than I just wanted to look that way. And I just wanted to be that girl. Right. I wasn't training for anything. It was just so much pressure on myself, um, in the gym and exercise wise. And, and there, wasn't, there was no rest days. There was no understanding what exercise did to my cycle, how to work with it. Whereas now, like, I've, I've completely shifted my exercise routine that's pretty much in line with, with my cycle. I don't really go to the gym. I don't, I don't go to the gym when I'm on my period. Um, I will walk if I don't feel like doing anything, I won't do anything. When I know I'm ovulating, that's when I'll, like, I have the energy for one, because I can tune in and feel that. But that's when I know like, oh, it's time to do my heat workouts. It's time to push myself. It's time, you know, and then actually being like, oh, energy levels need to match exercise. And I can't push myself like I'm an absolute, like, drill sergeant because I'm destroying my hormones. And what's the point? So, is that super important from your point of view, like understanding that exercise is stress and and how to be how to take care of your body through it, not actually punish it?
1: Yeah, 100%. It also depends on what type of exercise. Um, Like, you know, if you're doing a a gentle yoga flow, you could really do that anytime Mm. of your cycle Mm. um, because that's not going to put like the stress on. But anything where you're like spiking your heart rate, you're getting the adrenaline flowing, um, like particularly hip. um, Yeah, that's definitely, it's not necessarily a bad form of stress, but while you're trying to balance your hormones, you don't want to put your body under more stress. So yeah, it's just about knowing the right time to do what.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I think Like, it's just important to start to learn to listen to your body, right? Your body will tell you Mm. what it wants. It'll tell you what it needs. It'll tell you how much energy you have. And it's our job to listen. It's our job to actually honor and respect that. Like, I do that every day. Every day I'll ask myself, what do I feel like doing today? Hey, body, what do you want to let me know today? What's wrong?
1: Yeah, you don't have to, like, follow the rules of where you are in your cycle. Like, if you want to do something, then just...
0: Literally. (laughs) Like, we are the highest authority over our health and our body. But we're not taught that. I know I wasn't no. taught that. then the mainstream is like, go to the doctor, go to the specialist, go to Google. But what about go to yourself? What about listen to yourself? You know, where does that come into it? Um, and so, yeah, let's talk about stress because like stress is a big thing. And I would love to have you explain it from a more more relatable sense, right? Like stress is not just, oh, in my mind, I'm worrying about stuff. Stress is a physiological very damaging thing so have the floor tell us about stress (laughs) (laughs)
1: um yeah so basically our body doesn't know the difference between like running away from a lion or getting a bill in the mail we pretty much just have our nervous system has two um states the parasympathetic state and the sympathetic state um and so to put that into layman's terms it's like fight or flight or rest and digest so when we, when our body um, experiences a threat then um, that threat, like I said, it doesn't necessarily have to be a lion. Um, it can be if we are worried that we're not going to be able to pay our bills, our body will internalise that and send us into the survival mode, which is that fight or flight. Um, and I don't know if people have ever experienced this while, like, getting a bill in the mail, but to also liken it to, like, public speaking You could be sitting there in your chair and if a teacher or somebody, like, asks you to get up and say a few words, if you don't like public speaking and you weren't expecting it, your body can like literally change in a matter of seconds you can go from having the calmest heart rate to then it going a million miles an hour and you haven't so much as lifted a finger and that's all because that fear response was triggered and then you've gone into fight or flight mode and so basically the best way to understand fight or flight mode is um is just by thinking about what would happen if you needed to run away from a lion because that is like you know back in the day the most basic sense of survive, like you know survival mode and fight or flight so if you were running away from a lion your heart rate would increase and so would your breathing and the reason for that is because you breathe in oxygen and then your blood cells your red blood cells hold that oxygen and take it around to all your cells and organs and muscles so that they can do their job um harder better faster so if you're trying to run away you need as much oxygen as you can so that they both um speed up so that you can get all of that oxygen in um another thing that happens as well is like you will anxiety is usually brought on your brain is like thinking a lot faster um and that is again if you're in like If you're in danger, you want to try and think of all possible outs and all of your options. Um, So stress causes anxiety, but then anxiety can also instill fear and cause more stress, and there's, like, a vicious loop there as well. Um, Another thing that happens when you're running away from a lion is you do not need to eat lunch. Like, you don't just go, oh, hold on, lion, I'm (laughs) hungry. Like, can you just stop chasing me for a little bit? So your digestive system gets suppressed and shuts down. Um, and then another thing is that, like, if you are in like serious danger, about to get it, get eaten, you don't need to make a baby. So also, your reproductive system shuts down. Mm-hmm. Now, rather than you taking my word for it and saying like, what does it mean to even shut down? That basically just means that the blood flow is restricted to those organs. So it's not not there at all because you still need the blood to maintain the organs, but the blood flow providing all of that oxygen for that extra activity it's um suppressed from like systems like the digestive and reproductive systems so that it can be prioritized towards those systems that need to work harder so your body's really smart in like its delivery of blood and the vessels and the circulatory system all of that in that it can prioritize different areas um just like i guess when you like cut your finger or something um it will send more like platelets and white blood cells and everything to that area where they're needed um so that's kind of like in a nutshell how it actually like it's the chemical response it's the cortisol that gets increased that then shuts down or Mm -hmm. um speeds up those systems um so with that if you are then under long-term stress you know like say that your your work is very stressful or you are doing HIIT three times a week um for long term but your body isn't coping and you're not slowing down then that's when you get into that state of chronic stress or long-term stress and so it that's why like You see a lot of, I feel like this is like a huge stereotype, but you know, like those older, like corporate men who like have a bit of a belly and -hmm. they're like super stressed and they're never home. And it's like, that's because like when you are stressed long-term, your digestive system is suppressed. So your metabolism slows and weight gain is more prominent. Mm -hmm. So like there's so many results of stress in that. Yeah. Okay. People don't want to lose weight, but you think of the implications of that that makes you then more susceptible to diabetes your heart rate <clears throat> sorry oh my gosh <laughs> <laughs> I
0: don't know what's happening um, <laughs> anyway <laughs> I know
1: it's is too early in the morning yeah. um, your heart rate you know if your heart rate is going like faster for an extended period of time then that also puts pressure on your heart and like all of your blood vessels. And so that can, you know, lead you to um, be more at risk of cardiovascular disease. And it's like, this is how, yes, the day-to-day stresses we might think are all in our head or we can handle them or, you know, we've all said all of those words, but if you don't do anything about that, then over time, it's just going to lead to inflammation, disease, Mm -hmm. weight gain, like all of that stuff. Like not to mention that your reproductive system is shut down during that time. So, um, yeah, if you're overly stressed, you can lose your period or if you are stressed in other ways, such as if you are have, like, an eating disorder or don't eat enough and your body feels stressed because it's not getting the calorie intake it needs and the nutrients it needs, that's also putting your body under a state of stress and it will go into um, storage mode and actually store more fat because it thinks you're about to hibernate. So mm. it's kind of a bit contradictory there. Mm. Um, but, yeah, though, like... Um, a lot of girls, like younger girls, especially who are still like through puberty, um, if they struggle with eating disorders as well, they may, um, find more difficulty with their period
0: of puberty. Yeah. Amazing! Thank you for explaining. Off yeah, so much. I know. I love it. I, I mean, I love it, and I can handle it. I have all these thoughts like popping up, and I'm like, uh, and I'm like, no, just let it. I just zoned out and just went on. A yeah. tangent, yeah. I do all the time. So, and,
1: moral of the story: Don't be stressed.
0: Calm down. Yeah, um, and like, not to mention your happiness as well. Like, yeah, yes, all of those things. But also, what kind of quality of life do you have if you're always stressed? But yeah, definitely just takeaways, like stress is not just mental, stress is a physiological state, a state of being. And literally, right, if your alarm goes off in the morning from a dead sleep and you're jolted awake, boom, what's the first response to the day? You being stressed. And if you stay in that state, and then, you know, you don't have a morning practice, you don't have a morning routine, you just get straight into work, and you're running around, and you're in that like, oh, I need to, I'm running late, like and you're in go 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 and you're like stress, 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 and then, you know, you're in the car, and then someone's like Everyone's just driving really slowly and you're like, oh my God, I'm going to be late and you're stressed. And then X, Y, and Z happens. Most people live in that place of just fight or flight and stress. And then you wonder why you're burnt out and exhausted and tired and then having all of these other various issues. Um, so just like as a practical, like just some few practical tips, I guess for that, because I know I've, I lived and I mean, I mean, it's, I wouldn't say I'm perfect at it, but I definitely lived in that place like consistently and what really has helped shift that for me or a few just practices that I'd just love to share as you know some tips and if you have any as well but um deep breathing breath work has been probably the most powerful thing um for me because it literally will like rewire your nervous system it helps you to train you to get out of fight or flight into that like rest and digest because you know if you're taking the time to take deep breaths then your brain's like Obviously, well, there's no tiger chasing you otherwise she wouldn't be like zen right now right like um yeah yeah and just practicing how to actually get that oxygen in and calm yourself down having a morning practice taking that time of a morning to actually have time for yourself before you get into work because then you have that time to be calm to focus on your mindset to focus on your energy and your vibration before you then go into the day. Um, affirmations, a big one for me. When I notice myself getting stressed or anxious or like stuck in that place, just like taking the time to say to myself, like, empowering, kind, like whatever it is that I need to hear that combats that like stressed and anxious voice can completely change my state. Nature is, like, so calming and so good for my stress levels. Um, yeah, and meditation. Do you have any other sort of tips or anything that you would suggest?
1: I think, yeah, it's just about um, taking responsibility, I guess, for, yeah, your, your life and your stress levels. And it's, like, um, that quote that's, like, Change what you can control and let go of what you can't, um, because stress at the end of the day is about perception as well. And so, like, you know, you could get a bill in the mail and completely freak out about it, but then somebody else could get a bill in the mail and they're like, Yeah, like that's fine, yeah, not even like I'll be like, I'm I'm
0: grateful for whatever that's giving me,
1: yeah, exactly. So, um, I think there's a lot of things that we can do to change, and a lot of people do resist them. Like, if you're in a job you hate. Um, I know that it can be really difficult, especially with the times right now, to think about changing jobs and whatnot, but it's not impossible. Like it's, and I'm not saying that like do that, but weigh up the pros and cons and, you know, you really need to, you're the only one that's going to give you what you need in this life. And like you do get to design your life like as you want it. So have a think about what action you can actually take to um, give yourself what you need, because I think like it's, it's rough, but like you're born and then you die. Like, and then nothing really matters after that. Like whatever you do in between is up to you. So why not make it epic?
0: Yeah. Like there comes a point when you have to get sick of your own shit, give yourself a like talking to and be like, you know what? Enough's enough. I'm not going to settle for this if it's not lighting me up, if it's not actually how I want to live. Like this isn't a practice run. There's no plan B. Like this is all you've got right now. How do you want to be living it? Do you want to be in stress or do you want to say fuck that and go after what you truly want and be happy? So I love that. And I'm really glad that you um, touched on that. So um, is there anything else that you want to go into or we start to wrap this up? Um,
1: um yeah I think I've just fully word vomited <laughs> like, what else could I
0: possibly teach you? <laughs> yeah I love it thank you so much um, What okay. I, the question I always love to finish with guests is like is there anything like what would you like to what do you feel called to finish with like ad, maybe a piece of advice a tip a tool um, anything that just right now to the listeners to the girl because like we know the shoes that she's probably in at least you know somewhat so anything that you feel called to say to her
1: yeah, I just think that like, just going back to your body is designed to heal. It is designed to restore balance. And there is a reason why you're feeling that way. So don't ignore that. I think um, as well, the more in tune you get with your health, the more you become an advocate for it. And even just the the older, the wiser you get, the better you are at listening to your intuition and the louder it gets too. So it's so easy to just kind of ignore that and just go with what's comfortable, go with what's every, what everyone else is doing. Um, but, you know, there's a real power in listening to yourself and what you need and sometimes what everybody else is doing doesn't necessarily mean it's the right thing to do. You know, mm-hmm. like someone could be seen as the smart person in the classroom and they are colouring in the, the wrong answer on the test and everyone looking over and cheating going, oh, like they seem to know what they're doing so I'm just going to copy off them it's like even though that's what everybody else is doing or what the person who seems like they have it all figured out is doing you could be like you know getting that wrong answer there and not listening to yourself and what you truly Mm -hmm. think is right for your body so I think just just listen there and um yeah try and just always be the healthiest version of yourself
0: yeah go within the answers that you want are within that's probably the biggest thing I had to learn stop looking outside of you go within like yes learning education but intuition is important equally as important amazing um where can the audience find you is there anything that you want to offer or promote um yeah
1: um yeah so you can find me on um youtube and instagram it's just uh, madison don't on both of those my last name is Mm d-o-h-n-t um there's no apostrophe (laughs) (laughs) um and yeah, if you are struggling with your hormones, um, I do have my ebook, which is literally called Balance Your Hormones, and it will um, educate you on, you know, all of the steps that you need to take. Um, everything that I did to not only get off the pill um, and clear my cystic acne as well, but um, also reverse my PCOS. I haven't even mentioned that in yeah, the chat, but yeah, yeah, last February I was um, diagnosed with PCOS, which has been reversed now. Um, yeah. I don't actually fit the criteria Mm -hmm. of PCOS anymore which is awesome um and that was all done through those like holistic Mm -hmm. um tools really like it's not rocket science It's, it's not a quick magic pill it's really about supporting your body and learning how to advocate for your health so um yeah, if you need any help with that, you can always just send me a DM. But um, thank you so much for having me. It was so fun talking all things hormones. It
0: was. It was so much fun. And thank you for sharing your wisdom, for just coming on, being honest, having a chat. It's much appreciated by me and I'm sure the girls listening as well. So I will pop your handles in the show notes and they can just, you know, come along and follow you if they don't already. And yeah, thank you so much.